From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 475. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace and Uni Pizza Ovens. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hey, Mike Hurley. How are you? I'm good, my friend. I said to you today before we started, I was a little bit sleepy today, but I got mm. a coffee here. I'm drinking actually today, Brad, what is called a dirty chai. Do you know what that is? I feel like you've explained this to me before. I think we may have had this conversation. Maybe Dirty Chai is my Wednesday drink. Maybe. It is, so d- it is a uh, like a latte with mm-hmm. chai tea in it. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, it's not just like uh, the straight-up chai. Um, it's not a chai latte, is, right? Because mm-hmm, a chai latte mm-hmm. is just chai tea with foamed milk kind of thing. This yeah. is like a full-on, like... It's uh, already a latte, and you've just added another caffeine mm-hmm. concoction to it, which might be why I'm in a better mood now than, <laughs> than I was 20 <laughs> no, minutes ago. No, no, it's because talking. me. It's because oh, yeah, me yeah, sorry, and sorry, the sorry, sorry, podcast. Yeah, I was talking to you because I was talking to you because I was talking to you. Maybe that me. wasn't the part you were supposed to say out loud, Mike. So I, I got to keep that up. in your head. <laughs> hey, Brad. <laughs> yes. What's going on with Yoa? <laughs> That's a great question, Mike, and I wish I knew, but it, it's time to talk about this on on the podcast because I've gotten a lot of questions over the past couple of weeks that the cracked collar issue from Yovo, which I think we spoke about it maybe like in the springtime, several months ago, people were finding their Yovo nib units mm-hmm. having, when they would go to ink their pen, they would leak, so they would unscrew the nib unit from the housing from the grip section and kind of the the black outer piece that goes around the nib in the feed it's called the collar would have a crack in it and not like a small crack like a very easily noticeable with the eye crack something i have noticed of yoa nibs which i've actually never spoken about on the show i don't know mm -hmm. why i've had two yoa nib sections the feeds where it connects to the like, you know, like the part on the back, I can't think mm-hmm. of the words now, of the back of the nib, right? What is yeah. that called? Like, is that, that's not the feed, is it? The so feed the is, feed is, is like the inside. fan type of thing. Yeah. But the part that's attached to the back of the nib just snapped yeah. clean off. I've had that happen twice. Mm. Yeah, so nibs. I don't know. Just could be like a, a setting It could just be issue. a thing, like, you know, just bad luck, but I've never had it happen with other pens. Yeah, it depends on how much those get manipulated. You can kind of loosen the feed around the collar, and, you know, if you manipulate them a lot, they can wear out and things like that. But this was happening. The, the were, these were like visible cracks, and it was happening mm-hmm. a lot. And to the point where Yovo actually made – it became enough of a stink that back in April – Yovo apparently created an Instagram account and has one post saying, this is April 9th, saying that they have re-received information about defective housing. So I, I call it the collar, but it's really the housing, the circular part that goes around the feed, kind of like what you're talking about, um, the solid, solid piece. Was the only place they could have given this an, on an Instagram account? Why did they do that? Strange. I, I think we're going to explore this a little bit oh, more good, as we good, go. Good. Um, just in ge- not not that I have an answer for you, uh-huh. but I think we're I I, I think you're on to something there. Um, they it sounds to me that they're like a very old stuck in their ways type of situation, right? That now we have this new type of customer for their nibs that has a more direct and more public facing. Um, mm. feedback loop 
for products like this is the internet world that you and I live in, but maybe Yovo wasn't exactly ready. Yeah, I think for whether, that. I mean, I I think you could take a lot of opinions as to whether this is right or wrong, or the right way to be or the wrong way to be. But customers mm-hmm. now are much more demanding. Yeah. Of for information from companies mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. they have been previously. And part of that is because it is so easy to get the information out there. You know, like mm-hmm. I see this a lot in in the keyboard hobby more than the pen hobby, where like in the keyboard hobby, there seems to be this like intrinsic demand that like a demand that you have to know where something's made, like who makes it. Mm-hmm. And if if a company, so like say with keycaps, right? That mm-hmm. if a company's created some keycaps and they're not using one of the known manufacturers it's like considered to be shady if they won't say the manufacturer that they're using, even Mm. if the whole point of it is because they're trying to set up like a line of products of their own. You know, it's like, it's like if people were like demanding where, like the name of the company that makes the theme system journal. And if I won't tell them, it's like, Oh, he's being shady. (laughs) And it's really strange. I mean, because this is the kind of thing that gets born out of a community. Like the community was small and now it started to grow and it had like Mm -hmm. just these ways because, you know, and I understand it because for, for this type of product, who makes it does actually have an impact on the quality, but people are untrusting. They will not trust a new company and that's the thing that i find strange of like if you don't want to trust it just don't buy it wait for somebody to buy it and see what they say about it but mm-hmm. you know it's just like these are the things that are uh it's like it's like a strange way, way that some of these communities are but my point is that like customers now are much more demanding of information yeah and so that's come out to bear here in the last few weeks probably the last month or so that Nothing has really seemed to change since that April post from Yovo. And, you know, we have more people, um, like, speaking up and putting pressure on the the brand. Although, through, like, some of the... Customers don't deal directly with Jovo, right? So... Mm-hmm. Yovo has, in based in Germany, they have a U.S. distributorship, and then that distributor sends out the products to the makers, and then the makers sell the nibs to the customers, including us at Spoke. We are a Yovo distributor, U.S. distributor customer. And so it, it, it works backwards that way, too. So the customer comes to, let's just say us, um, even though we haven't seen like a rash of problems, but just for you know, consistency sake. So the customer will come back to us saying, Hey, we got this feed problem and, or this, you know, um, housing problem and it's cracked. It's like, okay, we'll send the back nib back to me and then I'll replace it. Mm-hmm. Well then now the customer's got five and then five other customers have five. And then all of a sudden I can't replace all those. So I'm going to my distributor and my distributor is going, well, I, I'm talking with Yovo and we, they can't figure out the problem and that's the information I'm getting. And so we are just stuck in this loop of nothing progressing and it finally came to a head here in like in the last couple weeks there's a great account on uh instagram that you should follow permies permies world we'll put a a link in the in the chat and they've been um communicating recently with yovo because they were one of the ones that um sent like a video like they opened up all their all their pens and they had like double digit housing failures like just crack after crack after crack after crack and, you know, 
trying to figure out what's going on to the point of like wanting to not I'm not saying permies, but I'm just saying like the the groundswell was like let's you know let's all switch to Bach and have all these other yeah, issues there's a, with, there's with a Bach that, we, that we, everybody switched <laughs> yeah. to Joe and it's because Bach nibs were bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, Permies World's done actually a good job of sharing their communication with Yovo. Yovo says theoretically they're going to have a message out on their, their wonderful one post Instagram. Their Instagram is just going to be a quarterly uh, apology saying Incredible. we haven't done anything yet. <laughs> so sorry. So, <laughs> waiting with so waiting sorry. with bated breath. <laughs> so sorry. So like, that's just yeah. kind of that's all it is. So oh, back man. to your point, back to your point is we, and I say we as consumers, that the we, we need more information, especially when we have provable consistent failures like this. And we need confirmation and conversation with the manufacturer, not the makers, say me, not the distributors, but with the actual manufacturer of the product. Why does this keep happening? And the previous statements and subsequent fixes have not happened Mm. so why are we in this situation and we i think need that level of communication we almost expect that level of communication in this modern consumer world that we live in and i i think it's fair like i absolutely think it's fair but what i don't want to see is like um i i know we can't all have like a direct line to Yovo, like my customers can have a direct line to me, right? Mm -hmm. And then my conversation is not with Yovo either. It's with my distributor. So like as bad as it sounds, like these things take time and we can't just, you know, expect a large manufacturer to jump through hoops and I'm not excusing anything that they've done in this, but they need to do a better job yovo that is of communicating with their customer base because this is not going away despite assurances that we're past this issue it doesn't the thing is about this product is you don't know when the nib that let's just take me for example at spoke pen i don't know when the nib that i currently have is going to make it into the hands of the customer like I could have a nib sitting here that might not be in someone's hands for a year and then they find out there's a problem even if mm. I've inspected it at the first. So these things, there's like a long tail failure that can happen which keeps this in, you know, keeps it being a topic in the community, right? So that's the challenge that Yovo has to come out and say, we can't, it's not as easy as saying it's fixed this time because of the long tail of the problem. So fortunately, us in the US, we're lucky to have a great distributor, Meister Nibs, who has is dealing with, directly with Yovo. I'll have some links in the show notes to uh, Jonathan Brooks's Instagram account where he's posted uh, Meister Nibs communication with the community. So yep. they Meister Nibs is taking it upon themselves to replace everyone's housings at no charge. You just have to get in touch with Meister Nibs. Um, you know, that doesn't solve the failures, right? But it hopefully it repairs the issues that you currently have. And the next step is to, okay, Yovo needs to step up and come clean on what has happened, why they're experience this, experiencing this level of failure and what's going to be done to prevent it in the future. So 
we have some great support in this community from Jonathan Brooks and all of the makers who really rely on Yovo Nibs because they do provide the best nib platform. And they are affected negatively by this, you know, this failure of communication, not just mm-hmm. of a structural failure of the product. You know, they're affected by customers not wanting to buy these nibs because of the stories they're hearing about them and the pictures they're seeing of all of these failures making customers go, hey, maybe I shouldn't buy this pen or maybe I should go find someone who uses a, a Bach fitting. And, you know, it's it it's a little bit scary, I think, for some of the makers out there to have this kind of groundswell of problems with something that's really out of their hands. And no one's blaming makers for this. You know, the blame lies solely on Yovo, but we as a community are not getting enough from Yovo, and that's what we all need to see. So I'm thankful for Jonathan and for Meister Nibs for kind of taking the lead and fixing the end result, but we have to fix the source, and that's what Yovo needs to step up to the plate and do. This is one of those things that's always interesting and kind of weird to me where it's like, oh, we're having this problem and we're not ne- we're not necessarily saying what it is, which honestly mm. could suggest that they're maybe not 100% sure how to maintain the quality because that can be difficult to do sometimes. Mm. But we'll replace them. It's like, what with? Right. Right? What, what are you going to replace them with? Like, we're just <laughs> going to keep replacing it with the same product and hoping that you're not one of the one in X that break. Right. Yeah, like a numbers game. Yeah, I mean, and I know that's kind of all you can do, but it's pretty awkward, right? Right, and that's where the difference is, the difference in the customer dealing with the maker yep. versus the customer dealing with the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so the manufacturers don't... I'm not going to say this right, but they don't have as much incentive to fix it, as bad as that sounds, right? I mean, they do in the end, but they don't have the immediacy, the immediate incentive that, say, a maker like myself has to hopefully allow my customer... Sitting in your inbox, making you feel Yeah, my customer is going to yell at me, and I'm like, yeah, I'm with you. And Yovo is just going to go... Eh, yeah, there's probably a problem. We'll look and th- into but it. But that thing of like, yeah, I'm with you, doesn't really matter to the customer either, right? Like, I know what you're saying. I feel it. Right. right? Exactly. But it's they don't kind of don't care. Like, it's it is your job for them. You know, for the customer, it's your job, Brad, to fix this for them. You know. Right. And however I, that and gets done, I agree. Yes. So it it's now we're we're beyond this point, and it's mm. time for Yovo to do something publicly about this. So as far as you're aware, has the issue, have they fixed it? It's an unanswerable question because I can sit here today as a Yovo customer through the U.S. distributor who has sold and stocks hundreds of nibs. I cannot show you one single nib with this problem. But then I go to someone like Permi's world who on their counter right now has 10 cracked housings. Mm. Right. It's there's, I don't know what to say about that. Right. There's a definite problem. I do not have a bad batch of those nibs today. (laughs) I mean, maybe, I mean, a lot of these nibs, you know, look fine also when they leave, 
you know, and they're, it's happening later when, you know, maybe they're getting screwed in and out for cleaning and then you put it back in and like, oh, like the first time I've actually unscrewed this nib, it actually caused an additional pressure that caused this crack. And it's like, I literally have zero nibs on hand with this problem. I also haven't gone through and inspected like all of my personal pins that I own, say like, a, you know, the bunch of Franklin Kristoffs or Edison's or Brooks pins, whatever uses Yovo, which is a crap ton of pins that I own. I haven't gone through and, and visually inspected them. So, and I, I certainly wouldn't be able to track like a time frame, Like, you know, I, it's, it's like an impossible tracking situation, but it's a definitive issue, right? How fun. Yeah, good times, good times. So it's we're at the point, like I said, I said this already, and just to put a bow on it, it's Yovo has to step up now. We haven't, I, I don't want to say we've done everything we can do because there, there's always more, but everything that needs to be done from the consumer side, the maker side, and the distributor side is happening. Now it's in the manufacturer's lap to fix this permanently. Oh, boy. Hey, don't worry, Mike. We got more. Uh, we got more pin failures to talk about in this episode. My favorite. Let's talk about something a little <laughs> bit better before that, then, which is our friends over at Uni Pizza Ovens. They are the world's number one pizza oven company. They make surprisingly small ovens that are powered by your choice of either wood, charcoal, or gas, letting you make restaurant quality pizza in your very own backyard. Uni Pizza Ovens are incredibly easy to use and really portable. They're going to fit into any outside space and they're good to move. Like you could take it over to a friend's house if you wanted to sit outside and make pizza, that kind of thing. Uni Pizza Ovens can reach temperatures of up to 900 degrees Fahrenheit or 500 degrees Celsius. This is what enables you to cook restaurant-quality pizza in as little as 60 seconds. This is so much hotter than your home oven can produce, and that's what separates them, and that's what makes these pizzas truly special. One of Uni's most popular models is the Coda 16. This is a gas-powered oven that can cook up to 16-inch pieces and has an innovative L-shaped burner at the back, giving you even heat distribution. Uni Pizza Ovens start from just $299 with free shipping to the US, UK, and EU, with two of their fantastic models, the most popular ones, being the multi-fueled Uni Karu, which can use wood, charcoal, or gas, or the Coda 16. They also have a great app as well that you can use to help perfect your dough recipe and give you loads of pizza-making tips. Brad, can you tell our listeners about your experiences of Uni? It is. It makes cooking fun. (laughs) It's like almost like the party the party pizza oven even though we use it just for like our family and just say we want pizza night we'll cook it but like if we're gonna have people over we will make it an event where everyone can make their own pizzas um top them how they wish and then i can have 10 pizzas cooked in the span of about 15 minutes (laughs) if i'm efficient at moving them in and out which is it just blows people's minds at how cool and efficient the this thing is and how good of a job it does so yeah huge uni fan here at the panatic household can't uh speak highly of it enough Listeners of this show can get 10% off their purchase of an Uni Pizza Oven, which could be up to $50 off an Uni Coda 16. Just go to uni.com and use the code PENADDICT0821 at checkout. When you're there, you'll also find a great range of accessories from peels to cutters to oven tables. So many people want to make pizza at home right now, and this is the perfect tool for the job. And that explains why they are in such high demand. So don't miss out. 
Uni Pizza Ovens are the best way to bring restaurant-quality pizza to your own backyard. Go to uni.com, that's O-O-N-I.com, and use the code PENADDICT, or one word, 0821, so it's all together. That is in the show notes, too, and you'll get 10% off. A thanks to Uni Pizza Ovens for the support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so I heard about this next issue on Tokyo Inklings. When I was talking about them last week, I should have brought it up, but it kind of kind of just went over my head a little bit. I kind of didn't think too much of it. And it was an issue with the Pilot Capless LS. Mm-hmm. And if you don't recall this pen, this is the Vanishing Point model with that twist mechanism twist. on the top. What was that thing? Like, there was like a whole thing about it, right? That was <laughs> yeah, it was. Us. I don't remember what it was now. Though. It was like the twist, twist, knock thing knock twist yeah yeah knock twist yeah so it's the knock twist you would knock it then it would twist and then you would untwist and it would re-knock um the thing so it's that pin and it it never really gained a ton of traction despite being really cool and very quality made it was two to three times the price of a traditional vanishing point right so where the vanishing point you can get for under 200 these were like more like mid 400s i don't have the prices in front of me but it was like the only new feature was that mechanism and it's like eh, you know you have to really be like a super fan and so when the they whole talked idea about it was like people want to be on the move and fast and it's just you yeah. just instead of clicking it down you push it around that's like <laughs> It was dumb. Yeah, yeah. It was dumb. So that's not why I'm bringing it up. I'm bringing it up because Pilot, I, I, I'm I, bringing this up because I don't recall ever seeing this before. And I want listeners to remind me if, if I have or you to remind me, Mike. I don't ever remember seeing a corporation issue a recall for a pen. Like this is like a no, literal recall. Like well, from I, this was Pilot funny to Corporation. Me when I saw it, because recalls are usually like, this is going to harm you, you know? Yes. Which I yeah. doubt, well, I mean, you could tell me, but I doubt that's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read, it's, it's a really short, short little document. It says, thank you very much for your pa- patronage of our pilot products. Regarding our fountain pen, Capless LS, we regret to inform you that there is a possibility to cause a malfunction in the retractable function by rusting on the internal surface of the upper barrel. Therefore, we would like to replace the concern part with a new one. Um, if you have any questions, contact us. In addition, we regret to inform you that the timing of the replacement could be started on or around November due to the unique clicking system specifically for the Capless LS. We shall inform you again as soon as the replacement part is ready. Please accept our sincere apology for any inconveniences. So there is the new <laughs> the new twist-twist knock mechanism is actually failing them. Um, it's rusting and it's causing rusting. failures. Yeah, on the internals. That's so. super weird, right? Yeah, Rust? it is super weird. So, like, I was trying to to rack my brain. It, like, I remember the 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 Platinum Curios right had a feed cracking issue. Like, it was a clear issue, mm-hmm. but Platinum never like issued an official recall. Like, it was basically said, "Hey, if you have this issue, we'll fix it. Just get in touch, manage it with your retailer." Yeah. And it you feels know, to ma- be much more like an ad hoc thing usually, yeah. right? Like, hey, we think there might be this problem if you have it, contact yeah. these people or contact us. Like, but this is different to be like, hey, everyone that bought one, we want them back. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, that's how I read it. I mean, mm-hmm. it, obviously, you don't have to send it back or do whatever, but it's like an auto recall. Like, hey, the airbag in the passenger seat could be a failure. You should take this in. We'll repair it for free. But like, there's a problem you need to go go fix. By the way, we're not going to be ready for you until January 2022. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that what they're saying? It's November. November. I was right. just, yeah. But the, so, anyway. here's what I will say, Brad, about the different. What well, I think the difference is mm-hmm. of why you would maybe do a recall as opposed to dealing with it the other way. If you're confident that this is going to happen to a large percentage of the customer base. Oh yeah, this is like this is basically we're pretty sure this is a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. So. And that is rough. Yeah. So that's what the point I wanted to bring up is like I don't recall this level of recall um it's pretty (laughs) it's pretty aggressive like i'm it's wild um and you know i don't know how many of these they sold or you know it's obviously like in in japan you know the the customers will have an easier time replacing this they can probably go through a lot of stores um with platinum uh excuse me pilot relationships and have this done but it sounds like you got to send off your pen and get it fixed so interesting 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 so I, I I thought that that was worth discussing a little bit further, even though I've, I kind I've of never come glossed rust, over it at first. Rust in a fountain pen—that's a new one for me. Rust. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Also, like it shows, it must be real bad because these pens aren't even a year old yet. If they're rusting already, that doesn't seem right. like it was going very well, right? Yeah, yeah. How so strange. it's it's a little interesting because, like, you know, people like this was an ultra premium pen mm-hmm. so it's it, it was interesting but uh that's why i wanted to bring it up As tony is saying in the discord all two people who actually bought <laughs> one will be very disappointed i mean unlike a lot of times he's not wrong in this case <laughs> i don't know how i don't know how well they sold <laughs> like it's it's a cool idea but it's really expensive it's yep. like just go over here all right i want to talk about some new products um we brought up Kaveco last week for not some great things, and we might actually re- revisit that later in the show if we have time. But Kaveco, um, to to assuage the flood of of bad PR, they they've re- released uh, their upcoming summertime releases, and they have a very interesting product, Mike. And they're calling this the Kaveco Premium Nib, and my eyes and ears perked up the moment I saw this email come in from Kaveco. I'm going to read this a little bit. The shiny premium nib for a delicate writing feeling. Those who focus on writing comfort and not on the material gold can now enjoy the unique writing pleasure of a gold nib with the Kaveco premium steel nib. Apart from its beautiful sun-shaped engraving, the larger iridium grain offers you perfect writing behavior. Due to the hand-finished inner edge rounding, the nib glides smoothly and butter softly over the paper. Butter softly? Mm, butter softly. That's what we're saying now? Butter yes. softly? Butter. Butter softly. Butter softly, um, okay. So I have all kinds of questions here, as you can imagine. So this is a steel Kaveco nib which we're all very familiar with that has new engraving. This is, this is me. It's smooth. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Not okay. softly. <laughs> it has, it has new engravings on, on the, the top of the, the nib. Um, it has 
more tipping to allow for butter softness and they will charge you <laughs> they will charge you accordingly which is 35 euros for a nib unit um what does that translate into america dollars 40 dollars so for the privilege of new nib stamping and a larger iridium blob on the end of it it's $40 where their replacement nibs were probably like around 20 mm-hmm. and or 25. I don't even know. Um, not that expensive <laughs> uh, for a nib. Oh, excuse me, Mike, 1150, 11, $11. So for the privilege of a new stamping and a new tipping, $40 versus $12, let's call it. And I don't know what is why. I, I, why? I don't I, know what is I why. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know what's happening here. What are they trying to tell me here? Is that their regular steel nibs aren't good enough and you need a premium nib? Or are they saying our gold nibs are too expensive? So we're going to give you this faux writing experience with the tipping to make it act like a gold nib pen because you can't afford our $150 gold nib pens. I am super confused at why someone would purchase this nib over their standard um, standard replacement nibs. Mm. Um, it, that's, that's all I have to say. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I, it really caught me off guard. I'm like, you're trying to sell me a premium steel nib for almost four times what you sell your current replacement steel nib for. And what I get for it is a new stamping design and larger and buttery softness because you're telling me the other nibs aren't buttery soft enough. So anyway, that was look for <laughs> look for very expensive Kaveco premium nibs soon. Um, I will say they do have black ones, so they're gonna have the, like the steel rhodium plated, the gold plated, and then they're gonna have the black plated ones. So it's fine. But anyway, moving on, the new Kaveco collection color, Mike. Let's hope they get the stamping right on these. You remember the uh, the the original, the lavender one that uh that they put the wrong stamping on so the new kaveco collection uh it's dark olive it's very pretty dark olive with the gold trim i'm assuming this does not come with a premium nib on it this is going to be a whole problem for me is do the new collections come with the standard nibs of course of course they're going to come with the standard nibs because then they cannot upgrade you 40 more dollar 40 more dollars for a nib um that they can sell for you separately but i digress so that one's coming soon. What I thought was interesting, and I might have missed this earlier, or maybe I mentioned it and I, I forgot that I mentioned it because I am old. Kaveco Perkio, which I like for just their standard fountain pen. They're coming out with a rollerball version of that, which I think is really, really smart for that pen barrel, you know, in that 15 to $20 range, maybe even less than 15. I, I don't have them pulled up to have a rollerball in that same vein. Like the Lamy Safari makes the entry level pen have the fountain pen, the rollerball, the ballpoint and the pencil. 
is the Perkyo going to be that platform for Kaveco? I would be all for it. Um, the new the new Perkyos look great. You know, they have like teal and green, and they're they're going to be nice. So I will be very anxious to to get one of the new roller balls in hand. So um, that's pretty much it. I just wanted to to mention they have a bunch of new things coming up. They have. One more random thing. This isn't, uh, I don't think it's as egregious as the nib itself. And I didn't link this in the show notes, so you, you're you not going to look at it. So Kaveco does a product called the SketchUp, which is their like 5.6 millimeter clutch pencil, right? It's the short stubby with the wide graphite cords. They're kind of drawing sketch pencil. They're now selling that set up but with an eraser instead of the lead so you can get actually like a brass barrel Kaveco sketch up with an eraser in it <laughs> which nice. is pretty well it, it looks weird, really but cool like, but it's nice. actually that whole piece is only 30 euros so less than the new premium nib it, a brass barrel <laughs> eraser um hmm. so that's a that's a whole thing and they're coming out with a new student in jazz you know that that popular full sized. Um, I think you liked the the shape of them. Uh, they're coming yeah, out with new I like colors the, and that, the red and the, the colors. Yeah, they're doing a red and a brown edition of that. So anyway, that was Kaveco's new new PR push in, in the I'm email. But it was really about these nibs. People say about the nibs. I mean, I've never had a problem with Kaveco nibs. I've always liked them. Um, yeah, but at, like you, I don't really know what makes yeah. these premium, especially at thirty five dollars. So yeah, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm missing something. So because we'll, it's battery softly, we'll see. They out. They have all new packaging. Like I, I didn't send you the full link to the Dropbox because I didn't want. I probably shouldn't share that. But like I'm in, you know, like the PR Dropbox yep. has like all everything has like new packaging designs. They're super clean, super nice. Like Kaveco's always done a great job visually and graphically, and the products have always been great. I'm just wondering, as as a, I'm fond to say, what story are they trying to tell me with these nibs? And I, I don't know. All right, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Squarespace, the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace has you covered. They combine cutting-edge design with world-class engineering to make it easier than ever to establish your home online and make your ideas a reality. You can use Squarespace to turn your next big idea into a new website, give it that home online for people to come to. You can showcase your work with their incredible portfolio designs, publish your next blog post, promote your business, announce an upcoming event, and so much more. And they make it so easy to create a beautiful and modern website because they give you all of these tools. You start with a beautiful template that is optimized for mobile, so it's going to look great on every single type of device that is coming to your site. And you can use drag and drop tools to customize it and make it your own. Really get the look, the feel, the settings, even the products that you have on sale all done in just a few clicks. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support. They have unlimited hosting, top-of-the-line security, dependable resources, and there's nothing to patch or upgrade. They take care of all of that for you. You can grab a domain name really easily and also take advantage of SEO and email marketing tools. Squarespace really is the full package for somebody looking to put something online. It's why I've been using them for so many years. Go to squarespace.com slash penaddict and you'll get a free trial today with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code penaddict and you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and support the show. That's squarespace.com slash penaddict. And then when you decide to sign up, use the offer code penaddict and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. A thanks 
to Squarespace for the support of this show and all of Relay FM. I've gotten a lot of email this mm-hmm. week about a particular product that is not for your fountain pen usage, Mike. And I okay. want to be very clear. So, good friend of the show, <laughs> Stuart Simple. Just kidding. Uh, I have followed the, the the Stuart Simple lifestyle for a while. Um, long story short, just Google Vanta Black, and you will find everything you need about why I enjoy Stuart Simple's work. And without getting into the entire Vanta Black story, he has built a brand going on the anti Vanta Black bandwagon. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, just seriously Google it. It's worth your time. It's a great read. So Stuart's always coming up with new colors, new inks, new properties, new paint. Um, to like he's really leaned into this um, part of his life as an artist. He's now more of a color maker. So the latest is an item called Blink. The blackest black ink. He puts it in a very fountain pen ink style bottle or nail polish style bottle, bottle, which they're practically one in the same. And under no circumstances ever should you put this in your fountain pens. So uh, hopefully that wards off some of the emails saying, hey, I saw this. Can we use it in fountain pens? The answer is no. This is like an India ink, right? This is an artist ink. This is for dip nibs. This is for brushes. This is for any type of external application. You do not want this ink anywhere on any internals that it could ruin or destroy. He does not come out and clearly say this, um, which I wish he would, but this is what this is. (laughs) The chat is making me laugh. (laughs) Pixel is saying, well, not with that attitude, Brad. You're not going to be able to use it in a fountain pen. (laughs) (laughs) I had to see that and stop. That was very funny. Um, Feel free. Um, I would probably choose the Visionaire if you ever did decide to use this ink in a fountain pen um, because this is the same idea, right? This is an artist ink. It's basically a very aggressively black, dark ink, like an India ink, and it should only be used in external, uh, right, with external writing implements like mm-hmm. dip nibs and brushes and anything else besides a fountain pen. So there you go. Um, I, I do, I do wish there would be a caveat on the page because it by no way is it marketing like that, but it's not, not marketing like that either. Right. So I I would like a few words saying, Hey, don't stick this inside of a fountain pen. Don't do it, Mike. I know you have a visionaire. You should use it for your visionaire. So I, Brad has told you what he has told you. Don't listen to anything I'm going to say. Has anyone? Not that I know of. I'm sure someone will. Someone should. Yeah, I mean, like, you know. Well, yeah, you can do it, and it will be, like, a quick failure, and then you'll clean it out. It's not going to flow through there. Right. And if you leave it more than, like, the the hour you have that you're messing around with it, it's going to start eating the parts. That would be bad news. I mean, this is a dip nib product, right? Like, if... Yes. Hey, you know what? We can all buy it for our drill logs. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, we'll have to... We'll have to look at it for that. Like That's actually like, a pretty fun thought because it's like, oh, what yeah. would I use the drill log for? Well, I could use yeah. it for this. 
like I have some of his inks just sitting here, the paints like that I'm never going to use, but I've always supported him because I think it's really, really smart what he's doing. And I'm really anti Vanta black like he is, uh, or the, the concept of what they did with Vanta black. Um, and I like to support him for that. I just don't want people putting blank in their fountain pens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll, we'll drill log it and then, uh, we'll go from there. Uh, you posted a review of the Narwhal original. This is something that came up on an RSTPA recently. If somebody had asked you if you ever tried out Narwhal pens, because mm-hmm. they seem to be pretty good at uh, prices for pretty good quality products, uh, and you said you hadn't, and you wanted to rectify it, even though other people in the in the kind of the pen act empire had tried them before. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I could probably sum up this entire review for you, which is does a good job. Yeah, it's good. Like the end. <laughs> like yeah. that's like that's what I wrote about. I wrote about the challenge of reviewing a good pen, not a bad pen, or not a pen with a flaw, or not a great pen that is changing the way I think about pens or think about using pens or would make a difference in someone starting with pens. Mm-hmm. Like it's just all around good. Like it's completely fine. It's really fairly priced. It has a piston filling mechanism, which is honestly, if it didn't have that, it wouldn't be that special. Um, it's got a good nib made in house. Um, like there wasn't a lot to say about it because there was nothing bad to say and there was nothing outstanding to say. It's just good. Like it's well-priced. It's solidly built. It feels good. I think if you bought it, you would like it. It's not transcendent. (laughs) And is it fair for me to want every product I have to be like game-changing or game-destroying if it's terrible? And of course not. Like sometimes products are just good. And that's where this one lands. Now, the question you asked me in the document is, could this pen be good enough to make it into the top five under $50? Yep. Right now, no. Why? Because I think it's not as... Trying to answer the question of what people are looking for in a fountain pen under $50 leads me towards this is going to be their first dalliance with the fountain pen. And therefore I'm a little more risk averse in the recommendations. A lot of cartridge fillers or a lot of more rock solid piston fillers for much less money to, to get into you've got like Twisby eco on the, Right, so I have the Twisby Eco like in there, but it's tried less than true, thirty dollars. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that you, so you're gonna make you made my point. I would put this on the one to watch list, right? If I had such a list, mm-hmm. like it could be eventually. Um, I think it's gonna price itself out of the like this one is exactly fifty dollars. They have other models that are like sixty dollars. So I think fifty is gonna be the base for them. I actually think they're gonna be in the next tier which is a weird tier, which actually they have a better chance of like meeting those expectations in that 50 to a hundred dollar tier. And they're definitely in the one to watch phase because I think they're going to be working with some other people. And like, we've started to see them do like some diamond cast material and some doing some different materials for their pens instead of the base acrylics and then still having the piston filling mechanisms. Um, they don't have a lot of nib options right now. So I think that holds them back. You can get finer medium. That's it. So 
if if those if you're good with those, you know, great, knock yourself out. But I would like to see the the full range of what a stock, you know, nib setup would be from extra fine to broad, and even maybe a stub. But I wouldn't even count that at first. And that's always like a second or third tier thing. So narwhal is good. I don't know if they'll cross that great threshold. And they don't have to, right? I don't know that I'd say Twisby is great. I think they're better. If you're asking me personally, one-to-one, I'm going to take the Twisby 580 over the Narwhal every time. But I've also had how many years of experience with the Twisby, right? So Narwhal is on the one-to-watch list. I will continue to watch what they do. I will continue to try out new models as they come out and see if they broaden their horizons on their nibs. They make their own nibs. So um, I'd be interested to see, are there going to be other options for that in the future? And then we'll go from there. Like, it's still a pretty new brand, right? They've only been around for, what, a year or two? So people who use them like them, and, like, that's the best praise you can give, I think, right? People who have tried them out and tested them say, oh, yeah, it's good. I like it. So... That's pretty. That's good enough for me right now, and it's not more than that. Fair enough. All right, we have a couple of Ask TPAs we want to do. One is like a follow-up, and there's two that are connected, and they're time-sensitive, so we're going to knock those out today before we finish. Mm-hmm. First comes from Ed. So this is a, it's a bit of text here, so I'll get through it. So just listened to the latest episode and was happy to hear a couple of intellectual property issues come up. Yeah, boy. The first had to do with the mysterious Stipula Netto inkwell. Since they claim it is patented, I went and found the patent. It's in Italian, but (laughs) Google Translate seems to do the trick. I'll put a link in the show notes in case, I don't know, you want to find the patent for yourself. (laughs) But right away, we know we're not dealing with a normal human being right here. We're in it It's like a real hero right Uh here. Here's how it works. We've referenced one of the patent figures. There is an internal tube, and the bottom of the tube is immersed in ink. The tube has grooves inside the tube wall, which draws the ink up from the bottom to the top where the nib is then inserted. The pen section contacts a rubber ring around the mouth of the inkwell, which is labeled 7 in the figure. So when you then draw back the plunger of the pen's filling mechanism, there is a seal at the top and it draws ink up from the bottom of the inkwell. The ink passes the grooves inside the wall of the tube and comes out of the tube to fill the nib's reservoir. (laughs) Basically... Rather than having an ink miser arrangement where you have to turn the ink bottle upside down, this will let you draw ink into the special nib reservoir using just the suction from the pen's own filling mechanism. Then the bottle's cap seals the nib reservoir so you only ever have that small amount of ink exposed. The big advantage over the ink miser setup uh, seems to be that the pen section wouldn't touch ink so it won't get messy. I hope that was clear. That was clear, and I actually think this is a pretty clever product. (laughs) Is it $250 clever, Mike? Uh, no, because it's not that much of a problem for me, but I do think it's smart. Uh, yeah, I like. I get it. Like, I didn't know that this was a thing. I didn't know this was a thing that we needed. I Apparently, we don't. Like, But this is basically, it's allowing you to fill your pen and keep the section above the ink is the short version of the way I read this. And it's really wild that someone designed this 
and it's kind of cool. Like, I have no intention of getting one, even at 50% off. Um, but I wouldn't be opposed to someone else doing it. <laughs> Let me know how it goes for you. Um, just because I'm not going to keep like a bottle specifically for that. But I'm kind of intrigued with the explanation that Ed gave. I still don't technically know how it works, but I get that there's like some sealing off. And I, it's basically drawing the ink up through the nib and feed without sealing off the section completely or dipping the section like below um oxygen level to to really seal that off so yeah cool i i think it's cool when i saw this email like the image popped up in there i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> what is happening here then i read it and i was like ed you are my hero <laughs> so this is it, it was really really good so thank you for doing this ed i'm fascinated i'm gonna i'm gonna look at this picture a little bit more but Though I had to read the description a couple of times to get it, but I think I've got it. And uh, yeah, it's wild. So I, I'm glad we have these type of listeners that go, oh, yeah, I know how to go get the patent for I the thing you. in Italy. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Love it. All right, but there's more, though. There's more. We're not done. The other thing that was discussed uh, was the Kaveco whole situation, that IP thing. I was yeah. the IP lawyer whose Reddit comment Tokyo Inklings read out in mm. their podcast. There you go. It is a ridiculous mess, and I think the only thing keeping Kaveco from serious legal trouble is the fact that the Chinese companies don't care enough to fight them on it. Yeah, I, obviously, I don't know enough about this com- in relation to Ed, but my after listening to the Tokyo Inklings and thinking about it and discussing it here, there's I, I'm failing to see any benefit to Kaveco from at minimum a public perception um perspective right they're they're obviously looking at it differently because they're looking at a business slash bottom line perspective and that's maybe not wrong of them to look at but it also puts a certain PR stamp on it publicly that may end in a different result than they think it might and is it worth it yeah and i think if i'm reading it right it's like they're trying to say that they have a like an intellectual property claim that they probably don't and if somebody fights them on it they could end up losing big time yeah yeah so anyway i thought it was interesting and um Ed is now our, our go-to uh, IP lawyer for yes. the Panatic. Official IP lawyer of the Panatic. I have, we now Ed. have an IP person. He's on the pretend payroll, payroll. that we also have. <laughs> All right, two last questions. Kyle says, as a new pen addict who has only used a couple of pens and never been to a pen show, what should I expect and how should I prepare for the 2021 San Francisco pen show? Love it. Love this question. There's always some great content around the internet we'll put a couple links into the show notes um one recently by our friend mike at ink dependence did a video called how to pin show and it's really great and it's really current especially like in the new covid times like i know san francisco is under some some different restrictions and their masks are going to be mandatory i don't know what else is going to be mandatory for the show yeah we actually like preparing for a pen show right now is not what it was like to prepare for a pen show before and honestly Mm -hmm. we're both Mm -hmm. a little bit lost because neither of us have been to one or are going to one uh so it's slightly different at the moment than it has been in the past 
Right. So you should also read the recaps from the DC pin show from yep. the gentleman stationer from Kimberly at the pin addict. Um, and then Mike also did a uh, ink dependence. Mike also did a walkthrough live walkthrough and there's a couple other uh, things. So we'll put, I'll get those links for the show notes, but oh, in short, in short, Kyle, you should go with the expectation to browse, right? You know, have a list of things you want to check out, not necessarily purchase, but, you know, I haven't seen a vanishing point. Let me see how that feels in my hand and how the knock clicks and would I enjoy the clip being in that particular spot. You know, how does a Leonardo grip section feel in my hand? You know, these are the type of things you should be thinking about, you know, what you personally are trying to accomplish with like your own writing or your own fountain pens. You know, how does this paper handle pens? Like you'll see some people selling paper, they'll have a sample uh, book out and you can see like, oh, does this handle these inks well? So what I really implore you to do is browse a lot. Don't go in there like I have to buy all the things. Don't go in there seeing, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. Go slow, look, ask questions, touch things that you can. I know we're in a little bit different COVID times. There might be some different rules there. But go in with more of a list of questions that you want to try to answer for yourself as opposed to a shopping list, if that makes Mm. sense. And that's kind of how I would approach it being new. Really, really, I implore you to just take it slow because it is it can be overwhelming. And uh, as my wife Adina is pointing out <laughs> in the Discord, quite rightly so, we did do an episode about going to your first pen show, which I'll also put a link to in the show notes. Uh, but again, just bear in mind, as Brad said, there are there are different things. So like maybe like we have our basics, and mm-hmm. then add in some of the other stuff now. Yeah, and Adina's was the San Francisco show, right? Yeah, like that was that was the show we referred to in the in the on the um, podcast. So mm-hmm. even though yes, it will be very different setup wise, um, the ideas will be great. It's great perspective from Adina not having experienced that before, and then coming and talking about it. And the last question that we have today uh, comes from Judica, who asks, do you have a way to calculate how much ink you'll need on a trip based on the amount of writing that you expect? (laughs) I'm hoping to not bring quite so many pens on my trip this time. So I kind of have an answer for this, and it's probably not going to be the answer you're looking for. I will at least bring one pen that takes cartridges and bring extra cartridges. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so if I'm going to go on a trip and I have my awesome piston fillers or my converters filled with ink and bottles that I don't want to carry around, I'll make sure they're full. And then I will, I will have one pen that I only use cartridges with and therefore I can pack extra cartridges for that particular pen. So I end up taking less pens that way. I try to take less pens in general because I always end up writing less than I need unless I know I'm doing something specific that's going to take a lot of writing. So take your favorites, ink them up completely, then make sure you have a really enjoyable pen that takes a cartridge and pack extra cartridges for that. That's my tip. 
That's a very good tip. Do you do this? Yeah. I always take, like, the, the pilot vanishing point would always be that pen for me. Right. So I would bring, like, three or four pens, and they're all inked and ready to go with my green ink or my orange ink or my purple ink. And then I'll have a vanishing point with a pilot blue-black cartridge and then take, like, two extra pilot blue-black cartridges. And that's it. Like, I would never worry. And, of course, I would never, never once have I popped in one of those cartridges because I've written so much. Mm-hmm. But that covered me, that kept me from worrying about having, oh, do I need to bring this ink because I'm going to run yeah. out? I just wouldn't worry about it. I would use what I had. And then if it got extreme enough, I would pop in a new cartridge in a pen that I enjoyed with a ink cartridge that I enjoyed. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. All right, if you would like to send in a question for us to answer on the show, you can send out a tweet with the hashtag RSTPA. You can use question mark RSTPA in the Relay FM members' Discord or email them to hello at penaddict.com. At penaddict.com, the website is where you can find Brad's work along with many other talented uh, pen aficionados and writers. You can go to knock.co and spokedesign.com for Brad's products. And you can also catch Brad on Twitch. Is it twitch.tv slash penaddict? Brad streams multiple times a week. Do you have a schedule right now, Brad? Or are you like... I do. I do. uh, Tuesday and Thursday, 10 Mm a.m. Eastern, usually till about noon. So about two hours each stream. And then Wednesday after we record the podcast. As long as the podcast is on a normal schedule, I will go around between 11.30 and noon Eastern time on Wednesday. So it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Nice. Very nice. You can find Brad on Twitter. He is at Dowdyism. He's Pan Addict on Instagram. And Brad on Micro.blog. I am iMike. I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you so much to Squarespace and Uni Pizza Ovens for the support of this week's episode. And, of course, to you for listening. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.